Good morning, White Oak. Can you believe that we're already in week seven of our act series? I mean, it feels like that we just got started. I've enjoyed so much going through this book of the Bible. It's a book written by a man named Luke, and it's his second book found in the Bible. His first, the book of Luke, is a telling of the life of Jesus, and his second, the book of Acts, is a telling of the story of the early Christians. So far, we've explored themes including the work of the Holy Spirit, the life transformation that's taken place in these new Christians, and the process of sharing the good news of Jesus around the Roman world. Along the way, we've looked at the lives of Peter, John, Barnabas, Silas, and Paul, and so many more. Here towards the end of Acts, we've been paying special attention to Paul. You see, it's Paul and his partners and his missionary journeys that make up most of the second half of Acts. As we've been walking through Acts, there's been several things that I've noticed about these early Christians. Number one, they are committed. In other words, they are 100% sold out to the goal of sharing the good news about Jesus with the world. Look, this entire time, we've seen them threatened, beaten, arrested, and killed. None of this has slowed down their commitment or their passion for Jesus. In fact, God has used their faithfulness to fuel the growth of the church. Number two, they are bold. Whether it's Peter at Pentecost, Peter and John in the temple courts, Stephen, Philip, or Paul and Silas, no matter the situation, no matter the consequences, the Christians in Acts would not be silent. Number three, they are humble. So many incredible things take place in the book of Acts. But over and over again, the Christians keep giving all the glory to God. They keep bringing everything back to the message of hope and good news found in Jesus. Number four, they're generous. Selling stuff, sharing stuff, giving stuff away. That is the story of the first Christians. They truly adopted the idea that everything belongs to God. They looked at how they could leverage all they had for the kingdom. So let's review these four characteristics and see how we do living them out. So let me ask you, how committed are you? I mean, really, when things get tough or when you face trouble, do you rise up or do you run away? Many believe that the American church has grown soft, that we've fallen in love with comfort, an American dream, and lost sight of our God-given mission. Is today a day to recommit to the call of taking Jesus to everyone? What about your boldness? There is so much talk these days 
about being a witness to others by the way that you live. And that is very important. It's a part of the example that we set, the light of Jesus that we shine. But there's also a necessity of speaking up, of telling people about Jesus. Do you look for opportunities to be bold with your words? Do you let fear and doubt control you? Maybe this series will be a challenge to all of us to use our voices to share the good news of Jesus. Are you humble? Do you look to use every situation to point people back to Jesus? Do we always give God the credit for the blessings in our life? Lastly, the early Christians were generous. How generous are we? When we look at the actions and the attitudes of the early Christians, when it comes to their possessions, how do you think that we stack up? I know that White Oak is a generous church. But this is a challenge that I look at and I take personally. I see the example that was set by those first Christians. I see the impact that they made around the Roman world. And I must ask myself, Am I living a generous lifestyle? It's a question we can all ask ourselves. This week, we find Paul towards the end of his ministry. Paul and his companions have circled back and revisited many of the churches that they had planted. During his ministry, Paul has been beaten. He's been arrested and his life has been in danger most of the time. So around Acts chapter 19, Paul decides that he wants to visit Rome, but he wants to go through Jerusalem to get there. The problem is that both Rome and Jerusalem offer the most dangerous environments for Paul. These are the places where they want Paul arrested, where they want Paul dead. So, when before, when we talked about commitment, before when we talked about boldness, that's all on full display as Paul chooses to put himself in harm's way for the sake of the gospel. In Acts chapter 19, we find Paul in Ephesus. Now there's a lot of crazy things that we read about in Acts. Oh, we've got sorcery going on. Oh, we've got people who are demon-possessed. There were some people who knew of Jesus and knew of Paul, and they had heard that Paul was driving out demons in the name of Jesus. Look at this interaction with me. Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, In the name of the Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. That's Acts chapter 9, verse 13. So there are these seven brothers, and they're going around trying to drive out demons using Jesus' name. Only they don't know Jesus. Look what happens next. One day, the evil spirit answers them, Jesus I know, and Paul I know about. 
but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them, and he overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. That's Acts chapter 19, verses 15 and 16. Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Could you imagine that? This demon knows and fears Jesus and Paul. These guys who are going through the motions, he doesn't fear them or know them. Now, great fear breaks out, and the people of Ephesus brought their sorcery scrolls to Paul, and they burned them. Great respect for the name of Jesus was had by everyone following these events. Now that there is a movement happening in Ephesus, Paul decides that his work there is done. Look with me in verse 21. After all this had happened, Paul decides to go to Jerusalem, passing through Macedonia and Achaia. After I have been there, he said, I must visit Rome also. This translation for decided could also say decided in the spirit. Paul is still being led. So you don't have to think that this is some fool's errand or that Paul has some death wish or desire to be a martyr. No, Paul is being led by the Spirit into Jerusalem and ultimately onto Rome. Here's the thing about Paul. When I read through the pages of Acts and I see him and his commitment, his boldness, his humility, and his generosity, it seems like he does it all without blinking. It just seems to be in his nature. When his life was changed on that day on the road to Damascus, Paul was all in, and he never looked back. Paul is feeling led to Jerusalem and Rome, two cities that he knows ultimately could cost him his life. Now, that might cause a normal person to pause. I know that it would me. Big life decisions that seem dangerous, maybe reckless, These are the types of things that would cause anyone to pause. But Paul knows he must go, and so he does. This sets up today's big idea. It's really a look at how we respond when we face these tough choices. Today's big idea is will you do what's hard when what's hard is what's right? If asked why he would make the choice to travel to Jerusalem, Paul might respond by saying, what choice? He never really viewed it as a choice because he was simply following the leading of the Holy Spirit. Life doesn't always present itself to us so cut and dry. We struggle over making hard choices. We tend to be indecisive when it comes to decisions that might cause us pain or repercussions. Our choices are not like Paul's. We're not standing at a crossroads on whether to put our life in danger or not. But we still have tough decisions to make all the time. At times when doing what's right or times when standing up for what's right might cost you something. Every day, we face situations where our integrity 
comes into question. Opportunities to stand up and do the right thing. There are some who wish to censor our message. There are those who wish to control what we say. What stops us from ever doing what's right? Fear? Rejection? Labels? Remember the courage of these Christians in Acts. Their commitment to what is right, Jesus. And their boldness to speak the truth, the gospel. No matter what. It's why I love reading Acts, and it's why this series is so challenging to me. I see how they lived. I see the difference that they made. And I think, man, if I could just have that strength, if I could just have that same spirit living in me. See, I read Acts, and I want to live like that. A sold-out life that matters. Someone who's willing to do the hard things. This is what we celebrate on Easter. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave lives in us. We have that strength. We have that power. We have that same spirit. Oh, we simply need to use it. So Paul shares a departing message to the elders in Ephesus before he heads out on his journey to Jerusalem. Look at this inspirational passage found in Acts chapter 20. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem. Not knowing what will happen to me there, I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. What makes Paul different? It's this phrase, I consider my life worth nothing to me. In a world where I selfishly put myself first in almost every situation, the idea of self-sacrifice is almost obsolete. What does Paul say? My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. This is a look in the mirror moment for me, and maybe for you too. What comfort and safety am I willing to sacrifice to finish this race, to complete this task that God has given me? What task, you may ask, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace? What am I willing to give up in order to do this? If I'm being honest, most of the time it's not much. I mean, did you catch the beginning of this passage? Oh, I'm going to Jerusalem. Not sure what's going to happen there. But the Spirit of God keeps warning me of prison and hardship. It's a weird thing. As if to be completely transparent. The same Spirit that's leading Paul into Jerusalem is also preparing Paul for the trouble he's going to face there. I believe that it's true for us as well. Whatever the Spirit is leading you into, He's also preparing you for. I don't know if you know much about David and Goliath. 
David was a shepherd, which meant that he lived on a farm and took care of sheep. David's brothers were older, and they were soldiers fighting in a war. One day, David's father asked David to take food to the battlefield and to check in on his brothers. So when David arrives, there's this huge giant from the opposing army standing down in a field taunting the army of Israel. Now David asks, well, why has nobody shut this guy up? Yeah, right, David. Well, why don't you go try? Okay, I will. So David approaches the king, and he says, I want to go fight Goliath. And look at what we read in 1 Samuel chapter 17. David says to Saul, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, You're not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he's been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by the hair and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, because he has defied the armies of the living God, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. David was confident. His confidence came from what God had done before in his life. David was willing to do a hard thing because he believed it was the right thing. And he trusted that God would be with him. There's something inspiring about brave people doing brave things. It makes you want to rise up and do brave things too. Uh, Paul's doing a hard thing going back to Jerusalem. Uh, Paul's doing a brave thing going to Jerusalem. Paul's doing the right thing going back to Jerusalem because he's following the path that God has set him on. In Acts chapter 21, many people try to get Paul not to go to Jerusalem. They plead with him. Then Paul answered, Why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. Acts 21, 13. Paul cannot be pushed off his mission. Is there any dream you're chasing? Anything that you are so committed to that sometimes you must drown out the voices of those around you. Those who you know they mean well, but you, they just can't understand what it is that you're trying to do, what it is that you're being led to do. David had doubters, and people just can't understand why Paul would want to travel into danger on purpose. People can't always see what God's doing. Paul will not die in Jerusalem. God has a greater plan for Paul's life. God's not done with Paul. 
So in Acts chapter 21, Paul finally makes it to his destination. He arrives back home in Jerusalem. He's met with the elders and is welcomed by the local church. He worships in the temple with them, but he's spotted. And there are those who are out to get him. And the city is on a frenzy. Those who wish to protect him versus those who wish to arrest him. Roman officials hear that Paul is in town, and he's quickly taken into Roman custody. While not ideal, this saves Paul's life and sets off a chain of events that will finally deliver Paul into the city that he spent most of Acts wanting to get to, Rome. Paul's in chains, and they're leading him off, and then Paul gains permission to address the crowd. It was silent, and Paul began, Brothers and fathers, listen now to my defense. When they heard him speaking to them in Aramaic, they became very quiet. Then Paul said, I'm a Jew born in Tarsus of Sicilia, but brought up in this city. I studied under Gamaliel and was thoroughly trained in the law of our ancestors. I was just as zealous for God as any of you today. And with that, Paul shares his story, his testimony to a crowd of Jewish people. Paul traveled all the way to Jerusalem to stay one week and share one story. The story about how God changed his life. The story of the grace of God. What price are you willing to pay to share your story? What are you willing to give up so that you might tell one person what God has done for you? Today, our big idea is will you do what's hard when what's hard is what's right? The book of Acts is a history of the earliest Jesus followers and their commitment to take the good news about Jesus to the world. This good news was not always welcomed. It was not always received with open arms. Why is this good news not always welcome news? Why is it so difficult for us to share this good news? What is it that we're lacking? Is it boldness, courage, knowledge? Maybe it's opportunity. Maybe it's encouragement. What is it that you need to be able to share this good news? Sometimes there's a cost. Sometimes it was a hard thing to do, but it was always the right thing to do. When I read about Paul's journey back to Jerusalem, I'm reminded of Jesus and his ultimate desire towards the end of his life on earth to return to Jerusalem as well. Jesus knew what awaited him there, much like Paul, but he went willingly. He went there to die on a cross, to pay the price for our freedom. We experience full life because of what Jesus did on the cross. In this series, we've been challenging everyone to read Acts along with us, to commit to reading through and to following along as we explore this book covering the history of the early church. 
now we shift from asking you to read to asking you to instead live, to live out the commitment, the boldness, the humility, and the generosity of those first Christians. What's a step that you can take today to have the courage of Paul to do the next right thing, no matter the cost? Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your son, Jesus. God, sometimes it's so hard doing the right thing. Give us the courage and the strength to stand up for what's right, to speak out, God, and to share your hope and your message of grace to a broken world. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.